All right, Christian. Uh, if we share 60% of our DNA with bananas, wouldn't that technically make us 60% cannibal? It, it depends on who is defining what cannibalism is. I would not define it that way, but... Yeah. But I mean, I mean if, if we're still technically the same... Even by even if it's only sixty percent, like if I ate sixty percent human, like some kind of weird chimera, I would probably be somewhat a cannibal, right? Yeah, but you could always uh, justify it by saying it tastes like chicken. True. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's freaky deaky. Since they're the dinosaurs, do you think dinosaurs taste like chicken? Probably just. Meteor. That'd be that'd be interesting to try, right? Yeah, old yeah. old school chicken before they were tainted with, yeah, humans. And the meat would probably last you quite a while. Yeah, you know, if you're just, lucky, one just, one big hunt, and there you go, you're yep. set for the next three winters. Yep. Yeah, and that's freaky deaky. Totally freaky deaky. Freaky. dinosaurs this week's topic <laughs> yeah. all right uh today we are going to be discussing giants uh giant humanoids proof of gigantic human beings scary Supposed terrifying proof. gigantic human beings let's see i'm going to start this off with an excerpt uh, of a Abe Lincoln quote. A lot of people say this was a speech that he gave, but the truth is that it was ramblings about Niagara Falls found in his journals. Okay. So not so much an actual speech that he was given to the public, but uh, but a little excerpt from it. It says, but still there's more. It calls up the indefinite past. And I should preface by saying this is about Niagara Falls. Okay. Like looking upon Niagara Falls. He says, but still there is more. It calls up the indefinite past when Columbus first sought this continent, later discovered to be false, when Christ suffered on the cross, when Moses led Israel through the Red Sea, nay, even when Adam first came from the hand of his maker, then as now, Niagara was roaring here. The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now. Contemporary with the whole race of men, and older than the first man, Niagara is strong and fresh today as 10,000 years ago. The mammoth and mastodon, now so long dead that fragments of their monstrous bones alone testify that they ever lived, have gazed on Niagara. In that long, long time, never still for a single moment, never dried, never froze, never slept, never rested. So there's people out there that will say, um, that Lincoln was referring to mastodons and mammoths when he says the eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed upon Niagara as ours do now. But the truth is, two sentences later, 
he mentions mammoths and mastodons. He does. And so this is like the the late 1800s when, you know, they were discovering giant skeletons in those mounds, mainly in like the Midwest and Ohio and all those places. I would, I would say he did mention mammoths and mastodons, but he didn't mention any other of the type of animals that had roamed those areas for thousands yeah. not millions of years ago. Well, it, probably, it probably would have been a very long speech if he had gone down the list. You know? And maybe some of the those bones are just animal bones that we aren't familiar with. True. Maybe that's... Is, and for somebody that wasn't into looking at old bones at that time, which there were probably a lot less people than there are now, yeah. who knows what those bones could look like to them. Yeah, and granted, you know, Lincoln wasn't an archaeologist. Right. You know, so even though, you know, we hold him in great esteem for being a president and, you know, doing some pretty cool stuff, uh, he was no, by no means an archaeologist of any sort. But the fact that he used the phrases in those mounds points to actually one of these things. The next point is the giant mounds found in America that, you know, let's say archaeologists or science in general will say that, oh, those are from Native Americans. Native Americans built those. You know, like you look at, I, I think I've got a few listed here, um, like Serpent Mound in Peebles, Ohio. And okay, I've, I've known about these mounds forever. So and I, I've never once been inspired to look into them until I was like, wait, giants are buried inside of them? Now I kind of want to go check it out. Like it sounds super boring, like climb to the top of this hill. Neat, you know? But, but now that I'm like, okay, now that they may have been formed by giant humans, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, and these are just a few because they, they literally are all over the place. Okay. We have Serpent Mound, or yeah, Serpent Mound in Peebles, Ohio. Uh, the Cahokia Mounds in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, there's Emerald Mound in Stanton, Mississippi. Dover Mound in Dover, Connecticut. And like I said, the, the current narrative of these mounds is that they were constructed by the Hopewell tribe of Native Americans. Okay. But when asked, the Hopewell tribe says, we didn't build those. Those were here when we got here. Right. So, and the fact that like, and I can dive into a few, I don't even know if I have them in my notes, but I, I bought a book of historical, like newspaper clippings and stuff like that from the 1800s and all these old sites of giant skeletons being found. Right. And at the end of this, I probably will just open that Kindle and at least look at the Alaska ones because it's always kind of fun to, to look locally and be like, what's going on here, you know? And I'm, I'm actually really disappointed that I just found out that, you know, there's that possibility with giants in the mounds because I would have been researching this forever. I would still case. say those are just mounds and I would compare them. I mean, they're impressive because I'm going to compare them to like ancient pyramids because that's basically yeah. what they are. Yeah, it's it's the same concept. And while we have to make up a, a theory of who could build something that massive, whether it's a pyramid or these mounds, yeah, that takes an advanced way of thinking that we don't always give to ancient people. We, we never give. We're always no. like, oh, these little feeble-minded people were digging with, you know, little shovels or little, forget what they called them, but um, I was watching a documentary about the mounds, and they did the math saying that in order to fill up these little buckets these people would have had, they would have, like, you could literally fill up dump trucks from the location, I think it was from, I don't remember which state, but to pretty much New York filled with dirt to make something like this. Like, it's impossible to think that, that you know, little ancient human beings were over there building this stuff. But it also shows you the potential size of the population 
before Europeans came to the came and decimated came to the continent. Yeah. continent. Well, even at that time, they didn't know they were decimating anything. They came to the continent, met met with some Indians who are Native Americans who caught whatever disease they the Europeans had that they'd never been exposed to. Yeah, and then they slowly went back home and spread it amongst you know their their group who by trade or or war would maybe spread it with others. So by time Americans had started pushing westward and got to a lot of these mountains, there was nobody left that could explain how they got there because everybody had died off from disease that the Europeans had brought over unknowingly and it just spread, later probably making it possible for the American government to take over all of the United States from the Native Americans. Yeah. And uh, one of the interesting things about this topic in general was, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, the fact that this is kind of both a conspiracy and a paranormal in one, because there's a lot of people that think that the Smithsonian is who's covering this up. You know, there's even, I have some notes on it a little bit, but like that they're trying to push a certain narrative by covering up these old giant skeletons that have been discovered, not just in America, but all over the place. Wouldn't that be the most popular exhibit ever at the Smithsonian? It would. But at the, at the same time, it, I mean, if, if it doesn't fit what, what we're taught in schools or what we're anything like that, like why would they you know, willingly be like, oh, we were wrong. Turns out giants existed. I would think that because especially our culture is based on Christian belief, Mm. in a lot of ways or a lot of americans are christians and that's yeah. part of their biblical story yeah it, but it would be easier to accept that and yeah. at any time if to now if there was actually yeah. such a thing i mean okay if like preachers and stuff like that would actually talk about giants they never do it's brought up once there's one story that that preachers talk about and that's you know goliath that's it. But if you actually look into the tribes of the giants and all these battles and like the the wars that went on against these tribes of giants, it, it you're like, huh, okay, so it's not just Goliath and his brothers that were huge. Like there were tribes of these people. You what know? if like, all these tribes were just six feet tall? That would be hilarious because, because that would make me a giant. It, well, and, you know, in those ancient times, the average yeah. size was probably five feet. Yeah, it was like five, I think like five, four or five, five or something like yeah, that. So yeah. So... Could you imagine a six foot person that's muscular, six foot five, maybe? Yeah. And within certain groups, I would see that that might be a more certain tribes would have that as a more common trait for a long time. Yeah. Um, depending on like interbreeding and stuff like that, how they, if they were not like a tribe, if they accepted new members to the tribe, got new genes into the gene pool. Yeah. That could explain their size difference to a more inbred tribe. Or lack of lack of dif- diversity in genes might make them smaller. Yeah, and if these these larger people tend to have more mu- muscles, so they could seem like giants without actually being giants. True, that wouldn't explain the giant skeletons, though. I have never seen evidence. You, okay, so you don't think like any of these pictures that are like have you ever looked up the supposed yes giant skeletons? You don't think any of those are like reputable at all I, by real you know archaeologists and everything like that. I have not seen anything that convinces me that it's, it's that it's real. real. Yeah. And it's, you know, like one of the biggest ones I think happened it or hoaxes happened in the late 1800s. I believe it was in England huh. where a guy made a, a big um, skeleton out of, I don't know if it was limestone or whatever. Paper mache. <laughs> yeah. Some, he basically carved it out of some yeah. rock that was there. 
and then he buried it on his property. And a year later, he had some workers looking, supposedly looking for a well, dig it up. Yeah, sold it for what would be six hundred thousand dollars. Our our but money, I think. That, okay, wouldn't that be easy enough to distinguish? Like this is way too heavy and a different material than bone. He said it was fossilized or oh, like yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, which would make bizarre. it like a heavy, like a a tree, like. You know, if you find a fossilized tree, it's not very light uh, when true. it turns into yeah. rock, basically. Yeah, it's a weird process. Yeah. Because I remember uh, while researching this, there was um, Native Americans that were talking about coming across bodies that were pretty much fossilized. Like they mentioned, like they were like stone. Yeah. And these bodies were stone, like perfectly preserved. I mean, how long you got to be sitting outside dead for that to happen, you know? And, and what if you came across a dinosaur? Wouldn't that be a giant? That would kind of be a giant, yeah. And it, and being like any human would find try to try to find the relation to themselves in that yeah and they might just think that's a scary human with big teeth yeah and it's just some kind of velociraptor that they found fossilized True. yeah um one of the the weirdest things that happens to come out of a lot of these you know giant skeleton discoveries is not only the red hair like red haired giants is a very common thing not only in native american folklore but just throughout the world a lot of these giants like i i've got some from ecuador that have red hair all this stuff like so i wonder where that comes from mainly just the red hair were, um, were these the red hair described on like remains of giants no well because uh, the people that actually were living through um like the stories that were passed down was with red hair and yes the the skeletons also had red hair but the stories themselves always say that these are this was a tribe of red hair giants and not just red hair giants but cannibalistic red hair giants which like, abominations I would, I would think that back in those days there would be groups that would be yeah. cannibal um yeah. No, it's scary to think about, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure within their family, they were decent people. They just ate other people. Yeah, I don't know how you... <laughs> I mean, that was just the way that they'd always been. And for whatever reason, maybe, you know, sometime in their ancient, ancient past, this tribe of people had gone through a famine of some sort where they had to do that. Yeah. And they made it through, and it became their belief that that's what got them through, so they just kept the practice up. Yeah. And to them, it's like... Uh, Headhunters in certain part of the world, they don't see anything wrong with that when sure, they do that yeah. to their to other tribes. Okay, so so how at what height would you need to see a skeleton to be like giant? I would not only need to see a skeleton, I'd have to see some science behind the fact that that is actually a human type skeleton, something related to humans. Even, like I mean, if it's like a full human looking skeleton. I would need evidence to show me it's not fake. Okay. But <laughs> just hypothetically, at what height would you say that's a giant? Like seven feet, eight feet, nine feet? Probably nine feet, nine. which is some of the ways people interpret the math for ancient giants. Yeah. But um, seven feet, I've seen seven foot humans. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, not I mean, normal. It's, it's rarity. But like if you were to find, let's say, five or six together and be like, all of these guys are massive. Would you think giants or would you think that's a group of really tall friends? That would be like a early human basketball team. Yeah. Is that like, you see a stone, like a, a round stone next to them in the dirt. No, I mean, I, I think, I think it's possible. We see families yeah. that have really tall offspring, but the giant thing is I've still never seen any convincing scientific evidence. I've seen pictures of bones. Yeah. 
I'd need to see something that they could tie, you know, unearth something that they can tie back to a certain time period with certain stories and not just the mythology. Because if you look at the times when a lot of these stories come out, those are old stories then. Yeah. Which would mean we get the version that's written down once we started writing down things. Yeah. Those stories are older than that. And they've been passed down for maybe thousands of years. But as tradition, right? As like almost like an oral tradition where it is this one member of the family's responsibility to remember this story. And, but if it goes back far enough, it could be somebody that's five feet tall or, or lower even yeah. that's telling these original stories. And the giants they saw were a different form of human, similar to like when what's now a human came about, they had Neanderthals. Yeah. Why did they probably had other things around? In yeah. certain parts of the world, but but they they if if you're talking like evolution and stuff like that, like Neanderthals are supposed to be aren't wouldn't they be smaller than or do you, is it under the impression that they were larger than us? I don't. I think they were similar to us. Yeah. Um. Because I just know that that little chart that they show where it's like the monkey, and then it's the guy that's crouched over, and he's like, and then eventually just some dude going to work, you know. But those <laughs> like, are like the simple simplistic ways that doesn't yeah. show all the steps in between those yeah, yeah, yeah. and the offshoots because if we, you know, for much of our history, we thought humans were humans, yeah. you know, that was it. But then later on, we find out that there was Neanderthals that were powerful before humans that humans took over from, for yeah. whatever reason, war, famine, they just went extinct except for a little bit of DNA in humans. Yeah. So if you think that there's two human-like creatures at that time, there could have been more at any time in history. There, yeah. There I mean, could have been, yeah. you know, uh, a group of red-haired people from the north or human-like people from the north that were just massive compared mm. to the populace of, you know, that experienced them or around them and yeah. then maybe warred with. And that's where you would have to figure out is that through these stories, how much of it's embellished, how much of it's changed, yeah, how much of it is from a different perspective because – if you go, if you really go back in evolution, it could just be a regular way before humans, a monkey type creature yeah. that later developed into humans going against a different, larger ape-like creature that may have but, ripped his brother, brothers and sisters to shreds at, in their little war. Yeah. And that's just like a, a ancient mechanism in our brain to remember that story. But where, where, I guess my question is, where would the overlap come from? Like if, if it's evolution and we're all evolving as a species over like millions of years, like wouldn't that be a unison thing? Like wouldn't like where would the overlap between modern human and Neanderthal come in? I, there's I don't think there's much. Yeah, is that overlap. like the, the missing link that they, no, that they talk they, about? They, that was just one of the surprising things that they originally thought the two species were completely separate until they found Neanderthal DNA yeah. in human. Yeah, I got Humans. a buddy of mine actually. Is, he's, he's like, I got Neanderthal DNA. I'm like, yeah. that's neat, dude. <laughs> Which shows you that the two species were interbreeding. Yeah. So that takes, that adds a whole new, yeah. new realm of possibilities. If those, there were two species interbreeding at that time, what else throughout the world at that time was similar in interbreeding? Yeah. And, and maybe just got like wiped out or wiped out yeah. later on, assimilated. You know, who knows? And if, some of the stories about these giants are true. They're not the smartest in the world. That's oh, what you've no. always heard. Yeah. So maybe a smaller, swifter, smarter group could take them down. Yeah. Well, I giant- mean, that 
David and Goliath alone is a dude with a slingshot, you know, like pretty much slinging a rock. So I think David and Goliath is the easiest part of the giant thing to kind of dispel. Yeah. I just think he was a a big warrior. Yeah. If you really think about Goliath, he was a big warrior. Yeah. And depending on where some of the information comes from, especially, you know, so much is known about King David. Um, It maybe wasn't as impressive as it was made out to be later, even to King David. But yeah, it does sound like he went against a warrior that normally would win. Yeah, and, and I've I've seen mixed um, like there's so much speculation about the height of Goliath, and I know one of them like the lowest of the low said like six eight, and then it just it all depends on like whatever the, the Jewish translation was for that number. It was like six eight. There was one that was like seven like seven five. Yeah. And then there was one that was like nine foot six. Yep. And which that, to me that's a giant. I'm and like, it's not oh, even just no. like the the Jewish, you know, interpretation or mm. definition or whatever. At that time the Greeks and the Romans also yeah, had a yeah. say in how that number was yeah. you know, figured out and you know, six something. Six that, eight's still a big boy. Yeah. Like that's still if a you're six dude. eight warrior yeah. in a warrior tribe, you're gonna be pretty badass. Yeah. And you're gonna seem like a giant. To anybody that's in their, you know, in the five foot yeah. realm. I mean, I forget how how heavy his his armor was said to be, but it was like an ungodly, like number. Like, there's no way in hell I'm walking around with that much weight on yeah. me, you know? Yeah, but those a lot of warriors did even in the middle yeah. middle ages. They're, they're, they're big ass dudes. Yeah, that's yeah. all they did was wear their armor and fight. Yeah, must be nice and die. They usually died early. Yeah, so. embarrassingly by a stone. If you're that big and you get killed by a rock. Mm. No, that's that's pretty sad. But yeah. you know, I'm sure there's cases that people get killed by a simple rock being thrown. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, stranger things have happened. It's just, uh, I think it's with that story, you have to take into account all the things that that story is supposed to mean. Yeah, and what is historically true. Yeah, stuff that we probably will never know. Yeah, because- well, that's one of the things is that it's it's not just like okay, even. Let's say it's a hundred percent. It happened, right? Mm-hmm. There's also symbolism behind it, and there's yeah. also there's like so many different meanings that that one event can happen, and you're like, wow, there's so much to unpack from just that one thing. Yeah, like uh, assuming that it's an actually a real story and not just well, you know, made up to. If it say it probably is a real story to some extent. Yeah, but what did the, I guess the church leaders of later years what kind of meaning did they add to it to benefit their modern society yeah. or what was modern at their time? Yeah. Well, pretty much anything that like, even like the King's James, King James Bible and stuff like that. Like if you really want to see what people thought, you go back to like Septuagint, you go back to like the Targum and all the, these like old school biblical texts that haven't been translated a million times over to see at least what, what did they say back then? Like when it was still fresher in their minds. Right. You know, and that's like, that's for me, the big thing is I don't want the boring cookie cutter stories. Like I want to know, is this a real thing? And was shit crazy back then? You know? Well, it was naturally crazy because yeah. every day you could die over, you know, just getting a splinter. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, it's what like, a time. <laughs> you know, and you had, it was, there was war constantly. There was disease and famine all over. Yeah. You were at the mercy of the elements in a lot of ways. True. Yeah. No, no central air back in the day. No. All right. Because uh, we will circle back because I, I told you that book I'm reading talked about like some of the old old wars and old stuff like that. So I'm like, 
we will get back into that. Back to the mounds. This is just a small segment. Um, let me see if I actually wrote down where the source was. I did not, but I will find it. Um, this is just a little clip. Uh, it says, as is well known, 19th and early 20th century newspapers frequently lent frequent. I you know what's weird is I feel like once I got my wisdom teeth out, I have a weird slur. Like there's molasses in my mouth all the time. And I used to be very well spoken. <laughs> and so for the last like four months that I, since I've had my wisdom teeth, I am pissed that I can't get a sentence out. Your, your tongue has to get used to where it fits in your oh, mouth space. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It almost just, <laughs> it feels like it's flopping back there, but I digress. Century newspapers frequently ran stories of gigantic skeletons found throughout the country. The following report from Portsmouth, Ohio was run by the news Herald on January 3rd, 1895 bridge carpenters on the North. Well, I'll just abbreviate N and WRR found a gigantic skeleton while excavating three miles east of Portsmouth a few days ago. The skeleton measured seven feet, four inches. In the 1880s, the Eastern Mound Division of the Smithsonian discovered a number of gigantic skeletons in the wanton destruction of North American Tumuli. The 12th annual report of the Bureau of Ethnology documents numerous gigantic skeletons found by the Smithsonian agents near the original surface of the mound Lying at full length upon its back was one of the largest skeletons discovered by the Bureau agents. The length as proved by actual measurement between 7 and 8 feet. In the center of Mound 11, 3 feet below the surface, was a vault 8 feet long, 3 feet wide. In the bottom of this lay a skeleton fully 7 feet long. The length from the base of the skull to the bones of the toes was found to be 7 feet 3 inches. It is probable, therefore, that this individual, when living, was 7.5 feet. It's a pretty tall dude. And that's like an actual skeleton found in one of these mounds in like almost like a, what is it, like a sarcophagus? Is that the little box that they put these things in? Or am I thinking, is sarcophagus the right word? That's what they, for Egypt, for like yeah. And stuff, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, and a lot of these things were mummified too, which kind of, I didn't know that was around America. Yeah. They have, they have I mean... I think some of this stuff sprang out of the same mind spring among all humans all over the place. Yeah. Just, but are these actual skeletons that can be seen on display and studied to be actual skeletons? Well, probably not. And I actually, okay, I found one that said that if you go to one of these museums, you can ask to see the giant skull and they'll take you to a back room and show it to you. But they don't just have it on display. So it's almost like they're keeping it under wraps. Like, oh, you don't need to see this. What if it's just a gen genetic mutation that for some reason people thought they should put in a mound? I mean, it seems like these, if there were skeletons in these mounds, they're mm -hmm. coming from a similar time period, which, you know, seven feet is tall. Yeah. But it could just be, you know, a deformity at the time. Or yeah. Just something that's not normally in the population and did they make these large people religious or do they have some kind of spiritual aspect that they were built upon yeah. or they, they built upon them to make them special in their society and that's why they are in a mound? Yeah. Were they, who knows what they were. But I mean, it was, it was almost like a burial site. Like a lot of these mounds, which are still around and a lot of them unexcavated, you know, you can go visit them. I doubt you can bring a shovel, but it's almost like a burial site. And the symbolism behind like the shapes and stuff like that, like having a big snake taking in an egg, 
like all kinds of weird stuff where you're like, what was the thought process behind this? Snakes have always been a very important yeah. in our society. And some people believe it's more of a, an evolutionary thing about our fear of snakes yeah. and what they've done. Because in the ancient past, before when we were little monkeys, the snakes were one of our biggest predators. Yeah. So that we've always carried that fear and reverence of this creature that is havoc upon our, our, I guess, our genes through history. Yeah. It yeah, could what be is something as simple as that. But this, you know, even the size of those skeletons is not astronomically big. Yeah. Well, some. Okay. Yeah. There's some that are <laughs> like, and that's like if if there's there's one story that this lady I think for like Business Insider or something wrote an article on a trip to Afghanistan where she talked to locals about giants. And they're serious, being like, uh, no, these things were massive. Like, And if I remember correctly, like, I'll get to it at some point. But they, they said, like, as recently as 80 years ago, there was giants in this land. 80 years isn't a long time. Like, no. That's, you know, the 60s, right? No. Wow, that's way off. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long day. My mind is tired. So it was what, like the 40s? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That's I mean, we weren't in the Middle East in the 40s, right? No, were we? well, I mean, sure somebody was. England yeah. probably was in that region because they were, you know, had been in India a lot throughout a lot of their history. Yeah. Um, the Russians were in that area even then. So, but still nobody credible. Oh. Yeah. Somebody that you, that you could look to and say, there's no way this is not true. There's no pictures there's only stories of skeletons and yeah. a way of us telling, saying that it's being hidden from us. So you still don't think it's just like a Western culture thing where we are so far removed from living like that, that we can't even fathom some of the stuff they talk about? I, I think a lot of it's stories. Yeah. I think it's myth or exaggerations, a way of, in some cases in battles, mm. um, embellishing their... Your, or, you know, making their accomplishments against this fiendish army that's their mo biggest enemy. Yeah. Um, even like a more mir miraculous win. Yeah. Trying to punch up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Saying that they, by exaggerating their ferocity, they're going to spread to their people in the world that yeah. they are able to take on. You, you think it was like to impress the women when they got back from battle? Beg, let me tell you about these dudes we just fought. They were 15 feet high. Could be. Yeah. I mean, not you. That's a normal soldier trait. I mean, to brag a little today. bit. Like, you sure. Know, yeah. Exaggeration. But. And, you know, war is not anything that most of us would, would be able to make it through without it changing the way we think. So. Yeah. Maybe it's something as simple as that. All right. Speaking about some of the um, those those old wars we talked about, one of the interesting things uh, from this book I'm reading, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read probably a good uh, couple pages that just kind of goes into the depth about the Gauls. And is that how you pronounce it? Gauls, G A U L. Yeah. Yeah. Gauls. I'm sure somebody pronounces it differently. Gauls. But the Gauls. That's yeah. what we normally hear of it. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's going down talking about all these, you know, battles between giants and, and all these tribes and stuff like that. And just try, kind of trying to trace them through history as to what they became named, what they used to be named and all this stuff. And um, 
this one talked about like Galatia, which is modern Turkey. And it said it has a particularly or particularly eerie relationship to the giants. It is home to the oldest ceremonial center known to exist, which is Gobekli Tepe, and is the more ancient home of the people known as the Celts, or their less known name, the Gauls. We normally think of the Celts as being Irish, but Gaul is an ancient term that describes France, Luxembourg, Belgium, most of Switzerland, the western part of northern Italy, and parts of the Netherlands and Germany on the west bank of the Rhine. Gaul is thought by some to derive from a word meaning powerful. Others suggest that Celt and Gaul have the same meaning, something like potent or valiant man. Uh, why might they have been so powerful? Many ancient historians tell us these Gauls, and especially their princes, were giants. The early 18th century historian Paul Pezron says these Gauls, quote, exceeded all others in bulk, in bulk and strength of body, and hence it is that they have been looked upon to be terrible people and, as it were, giants. For example, the Roman historian Julius Flores, 2nd century AD, describes one Teutopagus, yeah, I'm calling it, that's what it is, uh, a blue-eyed, yellow-haired Gaul king as a man of extraordinary stature who used to vault over four or six horses at once, but, quote, could scarcely mount one when he fled. When captured, he was, quote, seen above all the trophies or spoils of the enemies which were carried upon the tops of spears. The Greek historian Polybius laments that, thanks to the Celts, the Roman legionaries had become super fighting machines. Quote, once they had got used to being struck down by Gauls, they were incapable of imagining anything worse. This was eventually very bad news for the Greeks. Some of the largest giant remains of the medieval period come from this region. The Celts across the Rhine were called Germani, or Germani, meant true Celts, according to Strabo. Um, the Christian historian Hegesippus, uh, that's a swing and a miss probably, uh, wrote that the Germans, quote, are superior to other nations by the largeness of their bodies and their contempt of death. The Roman uh, Vegetius, Vegetius? <sighs> it sounds like a, a weird vegan philosopher, but uh, yeah, let's pretend that was right. Uh, quote, what could our undersized men have done against the tall Germans? Uh, Columella says, nature has made Germans remarkable for armies of very tall men. Sidonius Apollinaris reports that so many of the people were seven feet tall and up that he could not address them properly. Augustine reports of a German goth woman being paraded around the streets of Rome who, quote, by her gigantic size, overtopped all others. As late as the 1500s, a German by the name of Amon grew to 11 feet tall. The famed Baron Bentenrider, who was himself 8 feet 8 inches, hardly reached up to Ariman's armpits. Still another named Hans Bra was estimated at 12 feet 8 inches tall. So fierce were the Germans that the Gauls, reports Julius Caesar, quote, had not been able to endure even the expression on their faces or the glare of their eyes. The Romans called, uh, or the Romans called them berserkers, and for decades the greatest army on earth was continually slaughtered by these giants in war. And then the author goes on to speculate in a, a couple of parentheses, saying, "And people wonder where Hitler got the idea of a super race, saying he knew the history of these people and he wanted to reclaim it for himself, curiously through scientific experiments, DNA manipulation, and the like." 
which would be like if that was the case if that's what hitler was after he was like we used to be giants we used to destroy people i want to get back to that and that's why his fascination with like manipulation and like alchemy and all that weird shit i i think uh i think he just wanted to build a master race and yeah. he found scientists that started were starting to understand how that happened or how you build a stronger offspring yeah and that's what he was trying to do which because again like we mentioned earlier did they would have lowered you know the the new the new information to the to the dna pool hmm. or the gene pool they would have eventually not been as strong as they thought yeah you know the strength comes from new material in a way i guess and i think he would have been Sadly disappointed has he got had he gotten to his goal. Yeah. But he he would have made life simpler. And that's all he was, you know, he had these these, these warped views that led him to those places. And you know, as far as the giants, the Romans and the Greeks describing giants, to them, they probably were. I mean yeah. before we started recording, I mentioned um Gladiator in that very first battle and how yeah. savage those troops were. Big old brutes, yeah. Those were the basic early Germans that were wreaking havoc on Rome yeah. for hundreds of years. Can you picture those same people as like eight feet long? Like, can you imagine the slaughter that that would be? Yeah, that would be... Like even more slaughter, but yeah. And that's probably how they fought. Yeah. They probably fought like they were eight feet tall and... With the Romans and their civility and their modernity at, you know, for that time going against these savages, it, it had to have been quite extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, the difference and having to reason with it and what you took home after a life of learning how to be a true soldier fighting yeah. that kind of battle was new to them and losing. Yeah. You know, that'd be terrifying. I'd had nightmares for like the rest of my life if, if that was honestly the case. Yeah. You know, I can't even. And like, that's the thing is, is sitting here reading about this and speculation of were these people actual giants. Uh, it's terrifying because, you know, you can sit there and be like, oh, that's interesting. What if, you know, but if you really sit down and think about it, you're like, that's like some weird mythological stuff. Like that's that's something that shouldn't exist. And now is a possibility, you know, which I bet if you saw some stories from the Japanese or different groups we fought against in World War II, you might see them say the Americans came across like giants just because they were bigger, but that they were true. also, they had this might behind them from their training and their weapons yeah. that was different, com you know, compared to who they were fighting against. But giants do have a special place in our, our folklore. Yeah. You know, we it's, all grew up everywhere. on Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. And that's um, a cannibalistic giant, like the original one, right? Like right. He, he wasn't some jolly green giant. Here's wasn't that a Grimm's giant. fairy tale? Yeah. Which are all pretty dark in the beginning. Yeah, it's a pretty scary one. Yeah, which yeah. also kind of shows you they're getting these fairy tales basically from the source yeah. in these different regions in Europe. Yeah. And you can see where these stories with giants and other things come from. Is it's, yeah. There's a darkness to that way of living when you may not make it, where most of your family dies, most of your children or siblings die at a young age or yeah. in infancy. That's a a world that's hard to grasp for us in a, in the Western world now, especially America. Yeah. Have you ever read any of the original like grim grim tales or many years ago? There, yeah. I've always wanted to. I've always been like I know like the the fairy tales, but I'd love I'd love to read the originals and be like, wow, twisted. Yeah. Sometimes the uh, just the way it 
things were written back then make it's hard to it's not attention grabbing all the time yeah. for me. So I don't always go back and read all the classics. Is it like an old English or something like that where it's just it's weird just phrasing or something that doesn't work in our it's harder to grasp for people that are in, entrenched in our modern technology where everything comes at you fast. Yeah. Um I, I've fallen a victim to that because I feel like it takes me forever to read a book now. Like, and granted, like maybe I read like 15, 20 minutes a day, like at night before bed. But, um, I used to be able to like just burn through a book in a day or two. And now literally not only can I, does it take me longer to read it? I find myself reading the exact same page like 15 times in a row before I actually, I'm like, that's what they were saying. That's, I I feel like I'm getting stupider. It's, (laughs) it's, there's just, you know, a lot more to grab your attention and a lot of things you have to worry about. And so you really have to focus Mm. without thinking about all the other things you have to take that break away from all your normal thoughts yeah and it's not as easy the screens down yeah yeah. exactly don't turn off your alerts yeah stop reading about giants yeah that's hard or read more about giants and uh this was actually uh, a footnote from that same book and it's it's regarding some tools that were discovered Mm mm-hmm and it says gigantic tools and weapons have been discovered uh, reminiscent of Goliath's spear size. Uh, for example, while not weapons per se, in Landudno, Wales, a 50-pound, uh, some reports as high as 64-pound, stone hammers were discovered in ancient, uh, roughly 3,500-year-old copper mines. Um, and that's from John Hicklin. For comparison, modern sledgehammers are only between 10 to 20 pounds. While much less certain that they were literal tools and weapons on the island of Crete, uh, well known for its relation to giants, in a place called Miruhani. Several gigantic bronze double axe heads, along with ceremonial tripods, dating between 1700 and 1300 BC, were discovered and are now on display in the Museum of Heracleon. Heracleon? That's probably it. Um, similar smaller axes were discovered in what is described as a military sanctuary. Um, but yeah, so, you know, roughly there's reports of a 64 pound sledgehammer, which if normal sledgehammers that we use are 10 to 20 pounds, uh, can you imagine slinging a 64 pound sledgehammer around? Like you gotta be a pretty bulky dude to be able to carry something like that around. Yeah. It's interesting. It makes it easier to explain cause they, they found it at a, probably a copper mine so that's somebody that probably spent their whole life slinging a hammer so you think they were just ripped like super jacked they could be yeah you know i mean i feel like you get a hernia if you tried like if you or i went and grabbed a you know let's just say a 50 pound uh dumbbell and we're like all right go and we tried to swing it no immediately my arm would break backwards but if you started from a young age at yeah. a two pounder, like five pounder. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you just started building up as you became stronger and say, in this case, you've worked at that copper mine for 10, 20 years. Yeah. You know, you might be at the strongest there or be able to sure. do things that most people couldn't, but you'd be impressive in that area because you would just tear things apart. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but when you look at ancient weapons, how heavy they were and how people had to basically fight for a full day with these heavy swords yeah. and you know yeah swords were access and the spears like like i, I think it was uh la marzulli talking about um and he referenced it to being proof of giants as well but like the the tip of the spear was like i think seven pounds it, it was some, i'd have to check it out but but yeah literally just the tip of this thing was seven pounds and that was attached to a very long rod that was also mighty heavy i'm like damn 
If the spot was on me and I had to throw that thing, hmm, it's not happening. Do you ever think it's interesting how we have to make these, I don't know what you'd call them, stories for how ancient things were built? Mm -hmm. Like we have to make this super race or alien. There's a whole show, yeah. you know, ancient aliens based on the fact that we don't believe ancient brown people could build this stuff, yeah. which, you know, we should think differently. Well, there's there's two options. It's either uh, ancient brown people did build this stuff and they are far more civilized and smarter than we will ever be, or they got help from aliens, giants. We already know that in some cases they weren't more civilized than us, but they were smart people Yeah, without our modern stuff, but they were still able to get monumental things built, Yeah, um, run societies that are surprising to us even today and, and keep it running. Yeah. And we, I just think a lot of it, it was just the way their, their society was set up. Everybody did something. And mm. when the King came along with his massive project, it kept everybody busy to build a big pyramid or, yeah. Gobekli Tepe or or these mounds in yeah. America. It's it's just a job that you gave your citizens if you were a leader for whatever reason. Yeah. And they were capable of doing it. But later on, we wanted to doubt their capabilities, so we make up stories of giants. You know, and, and even early on, early on when humans would see these big structures and they had lost the history of how they were built, hmm. a lot of times they went straight to giants. Yeah. Because that was an easier easier explanation that almost made sense because they'd probably grown up on stories of giants or that's yeah. in their culture. So it was easy to say, yeah, they put these rocks here on the pyramids or on this other ancient structure. Yeah, I, I just think there's there's enough gigantic structures in the world that happened so long before anyone on Earth was born, like any of us that are currently alive. And generations and generations and generations back, it's fascinating to think about. Like it's for for us, we look at like how far we've come with just technology. But if you look at technology, most of this stuff is garbage. It's all made now to last two years, and then you got to switch it out for the newest thing. And it's a constant thing. So it's like it's almost like yeah, we're a little more civilized technologically, but we could never figure anything out. They like if you look at what's that one in in the Jordan that's like carved into a mountain. It's like those giant, giant openings, all these things like carved into a mountain. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way we're doing that. Would it, wouldn't you just hang somebody by a rope and say, this is your job. The king deems it so. Or maybe the giant king deems it so. You know, that, that's, that's my favorite thing to think about is all of the gods. Like all these people had gods that they worshipped. And what if these gods were just giant people or giant weird chimera offspring of like angels and humans and it's like, you know, that, that created all these like, mytho like mythological legends that we all look back now and be like, that's a crazy story, but damn, it was a good one. That would seem, I mean, that would make a good story, mm. but wouldn't it be more rational to think these people that found these gods were just founding or finding kings and queens of the time period and making them into gods or this story that they've been told yeah. based on where they're from? And they've made these things gods because there's Maybe. nobody's ever proven the gods. Yeah. So even in, you know, when they believed in multiple gods, there was no, this is the gods. Yeah. It was just a story. And I think, you know, maybe their gods were at some point in the distant past, a human that led them from the slaughter and they made it, they started worshiping them. And that's the gods. And 
That's why they seem chimeric because we, then we add other attributes onto them, things we don't understand or animals, you know, as we migrate into a new region, yeah, a more vicious animal might just terrorize us for a while until we learn. They'd be like, that's my God now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but see that doesn't like that, that thought process could work if these people weren't building these massive structures. That's the only thing. Cause like either you believe that, you know, that weird stray looking cat is your God or you build massive structures to like real quote unquote gods, these giant humans that you believe that there's no way that I am like this thing, you know, like you can't have both of being really terrified of something strange and just being afraid like, Oh, that's my God now, you know, like, and also be able to construct such structures that we still to this day look at in awe and wonder. The most amazing thing to me about when we talk about gods or God, yeah, is how human-like all these different beings are, yeah. which would make no sense. That well, I mean, if if, if we're quote unquote like made in the image of God, at that point, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's a little more like, well, I guess God looks like us, but massive. Maybe I don't know. Like, it, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't ever make sense to me. Like, and trying to wrap my head around it just doesn't seem, you know. I get lost very easily. I'm like, ah. I think there's a lot of lost history. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, we keep throwing aliens and Mm. stuff like that at it and gods and and giants in this case. But there's just a lot of lost history. Like when you go back to those mounds and the the Native American group in the region at the time said that that was there when they got there. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple, they think a couple migrations of people into North America Mm. from from Russia is what they think. Yeah. They had one group that they can find some artifacts for, but that's it. And then later on, another group came in. Were any of those groups giants? I mean, they were basically the Native Americans. Yeah. They spread out throughout the continent and into Central and South America, but that wasn't a, a stream of people. There was a time where they came in and then they couldn't probably because of an, you know, there was no ice age, so that yeah. land bridge wasn't there. And then there was a time when more people came in. So if there were still the original group that came in, somehow, you know, they came together and who knows what stories they shared and what new gods they found yeah. by, you know, learning to live together. And, and again, it's only oral tradition, so we can't tell. That's That's... That's the one thing that upsets me the most is that personally, I'm a very, I just have such a curious mind that I like to know the way people think. I like to know why they think that and what, like, what is it in your life that puts you on that path to believing this or thinking this or anything like that? And so when I hear stories, especially of like weird stuff that you never see in history books, any of that stuff, I'm like, okay, well now I need to know. And there's no way for me to go back in time, which even if that was the case, I don't know if I would, you know, what if you pop in, you're like, oh shit, they're real. Okay. Got to get out of here. Yeah. You know? Or what if you pop in and it's not even a big deal and you're yeah. like, that was really boring. I yeah. wish now it's I people have no mystery. story around campfire and you're like, okay, well, that wasn't worth it at all. Yeah. 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 So it's the it's the not knowing thing that gets me because I'm like, it just eats away at me. I'm like, okay, was, was there giants? Was there not giants? You know, are the aliens here? What are aliens doing? I'm going to tell you there's not giants. You're going to tell me that, but I'm going to prove you wrong because like I said, this is going... Like we'll probably do an episode on giants like once every few months because there's so much that just in this one 
like researching this one topic, I'm like, there's no way unless we sit here for five hours and just really hammer one out that we're going to get to the bottom of anything today. But have you heard of the, the giant of Kandahar? I have. I believe so, which is yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah. And it's been, quote unquote, debunked, right? Has Numerous it? times. You go on Snopes, you're like, uh, no, the government says they have never killed a giant in Kandahar in, in the middle of Afghanistan or the Afghanistan war. Uh, which Afghanistan war? Would it be the one against the Soviets? I think it was 2000, 2002 is when it took okay. place. So that would have been, yeah. Yeah, that would have been against us. Yeah. Um, because it was one of our guys that like supposedly one of our guys got speared and killed by this thing. And then we shot it in the face for 30 seconds before it dropped. Like this thing was like 13 to 15 feet high and a C one thirty came, picked up the body and flew it away. And on, on the coast to coast show, the C one thirty pilot is one of the people that calls in and talks about it. Like there's like four or five of these people that were part of this mission that call in and talk about it. And everyone's like, well, no, we, we asked the, the defense department or we asked the government or whatever, did we take down a giant in Kandahar? And then they said, no. It's like, well, of course they, what are they going to be like? Oh yeah. That giant fucking thing that we killed. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely did that. That was us. They would like, there's no way they'd be like to the American people. Yeah. Yeah. There was a 13 foot weird caveman coming out of a mountain and we destroyed it. And now it's being researched. You know, like, why would that, that would never make sense, right? To, to admit to something like that. I can't see any possible way that that would happen in real yeah. life anyway. I mean, either and the people in this story are like, yeah, we were in shock until Dan charged the thing starting, starting a fire. And actually, you know, I'll just get into the story because it fascinates me. Okay. And, and it is rel- like a relatively newer one. It's a longer story. So I'll just kind of give you the, the Cliff's notes here. Yeah, Stephen Quayle spoke of an occurrence still classified by the U.S. government in his popular radio show, Coast to Coast. The events allegedly happened in 2002 on a desert part of the Afghanistan when a U.S. Army squad went missing. A special ops task force was sent to find out what had happened, and the soldiers walked along a ragged, mountainous trail until arriving at the entrance of a large cave. Pieces of broken U.S. military equipment and gear were scattered all around the clearing. The task force was about to enter the cave to explore its recesses, when a 13 feet or 13 foot red-headed six-digit double-toothed humanoid emerged and attacked them which and that's like i said that is a very common thing in giants is they say six digits and they two sets of teeth like two rows i have heard that but every time i've heard that it's been on coast to coast yeah about the double teeth yeah so maybe maybe there's that but I still, I, I don't know why I've never listened to Coast to Coast. I feel like that is 100% my kind of show. It would be. Yeah. And it's still going on now, right? It's just not right. with the, uh, the original. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I spent many years listening to it yeah. and I've spent many times researching some of the stuff they talk about. Yeah. And maybe that's made me more of a skeptic yeah. than I was before. Yeah. That's, that, that's the only downside. A, with that's, that's, a ta- that's a discussion for another yeah. episode, but how Coast to Coast made me a non-believer. That's kind of sad. That's the opposite of what's supposed to happen. But, but I mean, with those types of shows, it is kind of difficult because you are relying solely on trust. Like, this person's word is what I'm going on. Right. Uh, according to the witnesses, the giant pierced one of the soldiers with, a, or with his long spear, killing him before the rest of the squad could take him down, shooting at his face for 30 seconds straight. The body of the giant was packed and loaded into a helicopter and transferred to a secret location in the USA for study. Based on Quayle's story, L.A. Marzulli succeeded in identifying and interviewing one of the members of the task force 
who actually saw and shot the giant of Kandahar as the event came to be known. The soldier said that his squad on searching the cave had come around a gigantic humanoid with a thick red beard and long hair of the same color. Inside the cave, where there were remains of human bones leading the military to think that the creature was a cannibal. One of the soldiers was impaled by the weapon the giant wielded, a kind of long spear or lance, during the 30-second shootout. According to the witness, the USG didn't disclose the event and has no intention to do it in the future because, quote, giants don't match with the way we explain our world. Yeah, it says the giant weighed about 500 kilograms as estimated by the C-130 cargo plane team who transported the body from the pickup location to the United States. The witness remembers that one of the pilots noted a, quote, terrible stench of musk and dirt exuding from the cadaver like a man who, quote, didn't shower for 10 years. Um, the giant was a, or the giant wore a canvas or animal hide to protect his feet, like some sort of moccasins. We searched online and retrieved the original interview. The witness talks details about the encounter with this huge being, which had occurred in a remote area near Kandahar, Afghanistan. Marzuli calls the witness the shooter due to his active involvement in the giant's killing and claims to have interviewed him three times on the phone and at different times to check for any discrepancies in his story. Having found none, eventually he was convinced that the event was real and decided to meet the military in person. The meeting occurred in an undisclosed location, as it always does. This is a quote from the shooter. When we came back to base, we would hear our colleagues talk about a unit that had found and killed a person inside or at the entrance of a cave. At first, I didn't think much of it, but then I've heard that the, that, that fellow's size was three times that of a human being and they had, that he had more fingers and toes than a normal man that he had red hair and that a special unit was looking for him. Which, uh, ironically, there's this conspiracy that we were actually in Afghanistan trying to kill giants in the hills. And that there's a separate thread of that. That Do you remember like the Moab, the bomb, the mother of all bombs that got dropped? Mm -hmm. That that was like a biblical reference to the Moabites who were giants in the Bible and that we were just one-upping them with some good old-fashioned Americanism and destroying these giants with big-ass bombs we named after biblical giants. Um, Which whether, would totally be fun if I that was a guy hilarious. Yeah. When I heard that, I'm like, that would be kind of funny. But uh, I think there was other reasons for the Moab bomb. Whether or not I am correct, couldn't tell you. Someone that goes by Mr. K that was there in that uh, squad that night, it says, quote, it was a monster, red beard, scarlet red long hair covering his shoulders, and Dan, one of the soldiers, runs towards him firing his weapon, and then all of us come back to reality because that scene was surreal. And so there's like three or four dudes that were supposedly a part of this that are talking about, you know, and their buddy Dan got speared to death by this thing. Sounds like more like a Bigfoot. Could have been. I mean, that's the same yeah. description, the stink and all that. But Yeah, 13 feet is a very tall Bigfoot, too. Well, if it was 13 feet. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's kind of hard. But if, if you're standing there and you're like, I'm six foot and that thing is two me's, you know, you're like, well, there you go, 12 feet. Yeah, or if it's standing on something or it has a higher yeah, vantage yeah. point. There's all kinds of things. I, there's still no proof, though. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a supposed fault. military guy. <laughs> that's saying 100%. That's, yeah. But what if it's, what if they're covering up something else they were doing? You know, what if that, it, it's just disinformation. Yeah to throw off what was being done in that region for whatever reason, whether it was good or bad. And we have found that there is uh, just an endless pile of disinformation from that entire campaign. Uh, that campaign, uh, the Iraq campaign, there's a lot of loose ends. That, every, every war in yeah. the history of humans, 
there's yeah. missing stuff. Just a shoulder shrug and eh, well, maybe next time. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell that you can't always explain everything. But one thing I'd say about the Moab bomb being dropped in that region, hmm. I mean, it, to me, that bomb was just used to scare other regions. Yeah. To say, hey, this is what we have. We're going to show it to you. We're going to use it to supposedly drop it to take out a bunker. Send a message. Yeah. But everybody will see how, you know, they are not safe in their bunkers anymore. And that'll change the way people fight it. Yeah. Fight us. I don't think it was for. So less, less giants and more strategic. Right. Yeah, a smart you. move by the U S to show their power when they can. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote from the C-130 U.S. Air Force pilot who was supposedly the one that brought the giant's corpse to America. It says, quote, the creature weighs 1,100 pounds and it's between 10 to 15 feet tall. It was killed by multiple gunfire shots, it seems, in a cave in Afghanistan. Before dying, it attacked our men and could have also killed someone. It was a very, very bizarre story. It sounds like the tale of the Nephilim straight from the Bible, and we must assume that the giant... Uh, must not be alone. It can't be the only one living on this planet. There must be others somewhere out there. Maybe he had a mate or children. Who knows? It was unfortunate that it attacked our soldiers instead of having a peaceful approach. But I guess that such reaction had to do with the territory. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. And they're, like the one thing that um, that they pointed out in that that they said they didn't understand before this encounter was... Um, let, me, let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, it says, quote, in the beginning, you think it must be a joke, a hoax. But when things start to go down a certain way, when you keep hearing about the story, you realize that it's not a joke. They kept on telling us to point our weapons up high. Normally, this means two shots in the body and one in the head. But they told us to point them always to the head of a man and then a little higher. And we wondered why they wanted us to shoot above a man's head. So they're saying they got orders to aim high and to shoot like aim above or aim at a man's head and then slightly higher than that. It'd be interesting to see why they got that. Yeah. Maybe they're bad shots. They could be. Like you guys or always shoot low. So or they aim were, at the head. <laughs> maybe they were out there using AK-47s to blend in, and you have to shoot them differently than a normal American military yeah. weapon. True. I mean, I'm just rambling stuff off. I, I, still, I still can't imagine a giant being a real thing yeah. in our modern age, and not that kind of giant. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around because I I thought like I read all this stuff. I'm like, and I think of a world where giants were just roaming around and people like us were roaming around and just having to look up. And like, hey, well, you know, I, I mean, slavery makes a lot more sense if that was the case. And these people, you know, and like ancient Egypt and stuff like that were just commanding these little tiny people to build them stuff. But then a lot of people don't believe that the Egyptians were slaves. Yeah. That was just part of their society. Yeah. And they were OK making those pyramids and living that way. Uh, as opposed to what we used to learn that they were made by all slaves. Yeah. They they trying to take credit away from the Jews? That's pretty messed up. That's a really bold approach, seeing as how the Jews have already faced enough. I, I don't know if it's that. It's just just a story. It's yeah. you know I think we're still learning so much about history and we're piecing together, especially ancient history, yeah, without any sources. We're just kind of making making things up and it's really easy to get giants in there or yeah ancient aliens but god if it doesn't spruce things up man it like history before i started looking into some of the like the more bizarre aspects or, or speculations of some of the other stuff uh was incredibly boring to me i think um if you just look at 
humans, it makes it more exciting because humans yeah. are so, they have so many different issues that cause them to make all these crazy decisions that affect history in small and big ways. Yeah. You don't need all the conspiracies and giants. It's just, we're pretty capable of screwing everything up on our own, but we do like to blame others so that explains that is our go-to yeah the giants and the aliens like oh this thing right here giants man yeah. they were terrorizing us right and they also did this yeah yeah now that is like i said that's entirely plausible like i obviously don't know 100 percent because i wasn't there and like same with everyone today even like scientists all, all these archaeologists all this like they they can't know for certain they can read data and they can be like we think this is what happened but without actually being there it's all just speculation yeah you know? until we find the a skeleton. So we find a real giant. Okay. Well, <laughs> if we find Bigfoot, uh, then yeah. we can talk. That would, that would be the day. But yeah. then we'll find out it's probably a, a very boring reason why there's some yeah. species out there we don't know about. Why, why do you think, like, 2020 has been so crazy. I feel like they need to spruce it up with just a little bit of the weird shit. Like, oh, also this year, we discovered an, an actual Bigfoot. We caught him. He's back here. Take a look. You know, like, why not give us some of that weird news? We're like, oh, this is unsettling, but but also kind of neat. Probably they probably don't give us that weird news because it's probably not true. Hmm. No, that is where you're mistaken. But (laughs) yeah, totally understand. Uh, All right. Let me I'm going to hammer out a few like because a lot of these were just super long stories. So I'm going to I'm going to give you just a couple of of excerpts from the uh, that Business Insider article by Kathleen Reedy. Just a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing, even though it's, it's relatively short. But uh, okay. Uh, like us, Afghans have myths and stories, legends and monsters. Overall, though, they tend to be a bit more superstitious than your average American. Not many Americans openly believe in fairies, dragons, or headless horsemen. Until it's dark, anyway. And a whole lot of us still knock on wood or toss spilled salt over our shoulder or, just, or even just say bless you when someone sneezes. They may be reflexive, but we still do them often enough. Many Afghans, though, are pretty certain that the monsters of yore are still stomping around the earth today. While out on a patrol with some local policemen, we, cran- we came across this grave marker. It was about 20 meters, roughly 65 feet long. One of the policemen pointed at it and said, this was a famous giant. He was almost 20 meters tall, which, you know, 60 feet is a very big giant. Uh, that is why his grave is so long. And I said, a giant, perhaps a touch skeptically. He said, yes, chimed in a sec, well, a second one. Yes, chimed in a second one. As recently as 80 years ago, there were giants all over this area. So maybe just really tall people, like two and a half meters, eight to nine feet. That happens sometimes, I replied. No, no, a third guy said, not just tall people, real giants. This man was a small one at only 20 meters somewhere as tall as 30 meters, almost 100 feet. I continued to be somewhat cynical, thinking they were pulling my leg and trying to suggest that this, uh, that if the grave marker was any, any indication of his size, he had been 20 meters tall, but really, really, really skinny. So, I mean, the article also goes on to say that uh, the Af- Afghan people often mess with other people and like try to get them to believe things. <laughs> They're way, way outside the norm. But they, she, she also clarified saying they were very serious about, about this one. Like, yeah, they're they're jokey people, but not about the giants. Well, I know we know Afghan Afghanistan as it is now, but it wasn't always hmm. like that chaotic. 
and they're in a region that's been pretty powerful and strong and fought off many, you know, armies. Mm -hmm. It just, it still sounds like if there had been giants there, we would have heard about it before the 2000s. And it would have been something somebody would have been trying to document throughout the the 1900s because Afghanistan, you could go there. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, it was a pretty, it was a, you know, safe enough to go to that region. Yeah. You know, there were warlords and different things, but you could go visit and would probably, it'd probably be safer then than it would be now. Oh yeah. So you would think that somebody would have gone and investigated those giants way before the 2000s. Well, that's what, like, one thing they were, that book that shows all the newspaper clippings, like the late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a lot of giant discoveries, giant skeletons everywhere, all this stuff. Um, But that's where people are saying that there's a cover-up because you don't see any of that and everything gets pushed and nothing is ever, like, in history, it's never like, and we also discovered these giant skeletons. It's always like, we have a narrative, we stick to that because you don't need to know the rest of it. Historians that I know of say that there's not, proof that anybody found those giant skeletons that's because they also weren't there but but you know it's if you can't show it scientifically you can't let it be studied it's hard to prove something especially something out out that outrageous and i just can't see a cover cover up that extreme Hmm. well there's um this this one i think it was an article i found that gave like seven little clips for proof that giants existed and at the end he he points out that it is the smithsonian covering it up because they want to keep a narrative of evolution as opposed to like creationism or something like that that sounds like what a creationist, creationist would say yeah 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 absolutely. and that's where it's like everybody has an agenda yeah you know including going back to afghanistan maybe that was propaganda put out to keep certain you know tribes and People that would cause problems out of certain parts of Afghanistan yeah. by using local myth and lore. Yeah, you don't want to go there. There's giants. Right. right? Yeah. And so that they would let out some information for whatever reason. Maybe the military had something secretive going on there yeah. and needed to keep the people out or and afraid to show up there. So it was easier to, de- to determine who was friend or foe. And that's yeah. where something like that, if you're running the military and you have a local group that be- believes this myth, you might want to play into it a little bit. Yeah. And then people will be not only be afraid of pushing the U.S. military, they'll be afraid of going into that region at all. Yeah. And then all you have to deal with is the people coming in that region tend to be terrorists. So True. you know how to deal with it or, or friends. Okay, here's some, here's some quick hits. Uh, one that I will most likely go into in one of the other episodes is, is the Lovelock Cave incident. Um, but I will get to that in a moment. Uh, the Giants of Ecuador, I kind of mentioned this a little earlier, and I remember when this story first came out in 2013, um, it's saying, after heavy storms in Ecuador, a large female skull was found in the Aloha province. Scientists determined the skull was approximately 600 years old. The discovery of the skull inspired a search for the rest of the skeleton, the parts of which were found and assembled a few weeks later. The skeleton stood at 7 feet 4 inches tall, which was astounding considering that the average height of a woman in those days was only five foot eight. Further research led to the discovery of five more giant skeletons in the same area. All of the skeletons were between seven to eight feet tall and were buried in deep, elaborate graves. They were found at two separate sites, leading scientists to conclude they were probably from two different tribes. The remains of a much larger giant found in e- were found in Ecuador in 1964. Father Carlos Vaca 
a priest who worked with hospitals was called upon to examine some strange bones found in a mountainous area. Vaca determined the bones were human, despite being incredibly large. The bones were taken to Austrian artifact researcher Klaus Donna, who allowed several experts to view the bones. They all came to the same conclusion. They all belonged to a human who likely would have been over 25 feet tall. They also concluded that the bones were over 10,000 years old. In 1871, an archaeological dig at a Native American burial ground unearthed 200 giant skeletons, some measuring up to 9 feet tall. It was also estimated that the remains could have been up to 9,000 years old. At the time, the discovery of these remains was widely reported in the media, but today the remains have disappeared. Shocker. Um, let's see, Lovelock Cave. And this is more or less just a brief rundown. Like, I actually found a book by someone that was looking into Lovelock Cave at the time, like early 1900s, um, or late 1800s, I can't remember. Um, yeah, Lovelock Cave. From 2600 BC to the mid 1800s, Lovelock Cave in Nevada was supposedly in use by a race of red haired cannibal giants. Unlike other giant races, we know why this one went extinct. They were cannibals, which made them very unpopular with the Paiute Indians, who, um, you know, should I say Native Americans? Or, I mean, this is straight from a, from a thing. Am I a racist now? If I say Indians? Uh, I just- you know, it's. It sometimes slips in because that's how it used to be for a long time. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those. Uh, I'm going to try to to switch that out to Native Americans as I read, and I'll I see s- if my I, brain can do it. I said Indians earlier. Yeah. And so. All right. So I guess we're both racist. Um, we're not both racist. <laughs> just to clarify that. Yeah. Uh, they were cannibals, which made them very unpopular with the Paiute Native Americans who lived in the same area and who didn't like being on the Giants' menu. There was a very long war between the Paiute and the Giants, with the Giants being forced to retreat again and again until the cave was the only safe place for them. But even from the cave, they continued to hunt and eat the Paiute, until the Paiute lit a huge bonfire at the mouth of the cave, killing all the Giants within. The first evidence of these humanoids was discovered in the late 1800s. The cave was excavated from 1912 to 1924, that seems longer than the, the source I found earlier. but uh, And 40 storage pits were on Earth, containing thousands of duck decoys made of light wood, fishing gear, bark sandals up to 15 inches long, huge moccasins, shell beads, even a wooden grasshopper. In total, 20,000 artifacts were discovered. The thick layers of bat guano in the cave, which smothered the oldest storage pits, allowed the relics to be dated back to 2600 B.C., Even before Lovelock Cave was officially discovered in 1911, the Paiute Native Americans who lived in the area had known about it for thousands of years. The remains of an 11-foot giant were discovered nearby in 1904. In 1911, James Hart and David Pugh got the rights to dig and sell the guano, which was used to make gunpowder in those days, from Lovelock Cave. They had gone only a few feet into the cave when they found the body of a man 6 foot 6 inches tall. His body was mummified and his hair distinctly red. They discovered many other normal-sized mummies, but a few were 8 to 10 feet tall. There were also many giant-sized handprints embedded in the cave walls. This is the the part about about it being a Smithsonian cover-up, which is, I think, it was was from like a Medium.com article, so however you feel about Medium, I I have mixed feelings about them for the most part, but... They have some um, good stuff. Yeah, I found some good stuff, too. 
Um, okay, so yeah, the end. The ending of that article is. Over the last hundred plus years, thousands of giant skeletons have been found throughout the world, especially in the American Midwest. So where's the evidence? Uh, or one way or another, the Smithsonian Institute quickly caught wind of most of these giant findings and made the evidence quote-unquote disappear. In most cases, those who exhumed the giant skeletons reported their findings immediately to the Smithsonian, uh, naively trusting them or trusting the Institute to do what it Okay, naively trusting the Institute to do what was in the public interest. Apparently, the Smithsonian's concept of in the public interest includes protecting Darwin's theory of evolution and the established historical narrative at all costs. In other words, lying to the public. In August of 2015, a U.S. Supreme Court ruling forced the Smithsonian Institute to admit that it had been covering up and destroying tens of thousands of giant skeletal remains since the early 1900s. The case against the Smithsonian was made by the American Institute uh, or American Institution of Alternative Archaeology, the AIAA, and the irrefutable evidence came from whistleblowers within the Smithsonian who admitted to the existence of documents that allegedly proved the destruction of tens of thousands of human skeleton or skeletons reaching between six feet and twelve feet in height. A reality mainstream archaeology cannot admit to various or admit to for various reasons. A spokesperson, a, uh, a spokesman for the AIAA, James Cherward, Cherward, explained, "There are, or I gotta take a breath. Whew, that's too much reading. All right, <laughs> a spokesperson. Now, damn it, already. A spokesman for the AIAA, James Cherward, explained, there has been a major cover-up by Western archaeological institutions." since the early 1900s to make us believe that America was first colonized by Asian peoples migrating through the Bering Strait 15,000 years ago, when in fact there are hundreds of thousands of burial mounds all over America which the natives claim were there a long time before them and that show traces of a highly developed civilization, complex use of metal alloys, and where giant human skeleton remains are frequently found but still go unreported in the media and news outlets. Um, a turning point of the court case was when a 1.3 meter long human femur bone was shown as evidence in court of the existence of such giant human bones. And if you think about that, that's like, what, 12 feet? That's a 12 foot femur bone? Yeah, that is a very long... Because that's what, your thigh bone, right? Like pretty much the... Yeah, it's your biggest bone in, in Yeah, so that would be massive. Uh, the evidence came as a blow to the Smithsonian's lawyers as the bone had been stolen from the Smithsonian by one of their high-level curators in the mid-1930s who had kept the bone all his life and which had admitted on his deathbed in writing of the undercover operations of the Smithsonian. Quote, It is a terrible thing that is being done to the American people, he wrote in the letter. We are hiding the truth about the forefathers of humanity, our ancestors, the giants who roamed the earth, as recalled in the Bible and ancient texts of the world. And then there is a picture that they provided right here. Which, where's that? So that looks like it's in Ohio. Yes. From what I understand, that's actually Turkey. This picture, yeah, is in Turkey. Yeah, where where do you get that? It's it's a very credible site. Does it have a name? <laughs> yes, Snopes. So Snopes. I mean, so I mean, yeah. that's where the that's where this this is where we get into the problem is. Yeah. 
is that real? Yeah. And no, when I saw it too, I was like, damn, that is a big ass. Yeah. Mom. And where do we, where do we go to find out if it's real? And that's where like, yeah. does, does, did, is there really a Supreme court's ruling that makes them unclassify their information yeah. that hasn't always been, cla- it's just, it's hard to tell. But that's what's, something you should be able to look into, right? Yeah. Like at the Supreme court part, because when I read that, I'm like, well, surely I'll be able to find out if there actually was. Well, and here's the thing I've learned from listening to coast to coast and enjoying the show for many years mm. is some of those claims are just outrageous. Yeah. And then some of them are so outrageous that they're absolutely not fact. And some of them you can tell right away when you look a little deeper. Giants are interesting because they have such a hold on our history. Yeah. But does that make them real? At this point, I'd say no. I, I can't see. Because to me, especially, I'd almost call it a conspiracy theorist saying that the Smithsonian is hiding this to protect evol- our belief in evolution. Yeah, yeah. When I would say that supports evolution way more than a lot of other Giant stuff. bones? Yeah. Well, but how so? Because that shows that we were just the lucky ones that made it. Like I said earlier with the Neanderthals and whatever else existed on the earth at that time. We were this, the, the branch of the species that made it to where we are now. There, but we weren't the only branch. We were just the successful ones, whether it was by luck or yeah. you know what we ate, where we originated from, who knows. But we were the lucky survivors. And yeah. So, I mean, what, what kind of... Um, because you're very into evolution, right? Like that's, that's what you're, you plant your feet in as far as yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. Like what, what kind of just because I, I get, like I said, curious, like what kind of evidence would you have to see for you to change your mind on something like that? Or would you be able to tie everything back into that? I would have to see actual legitimate bones yeah, and some form of DNA and allow, uh, uh, analysis yeah to be able to and and something that multiple scientists could look into and come across the same results not just yeah not one just institute <laughs> that yeah. you know may or may not be a, a legitimate one yeah when you're when you actually come up with something it has to be reproduced so whatever the results this one lab may have gotten would have to be the results that other labs yeah. have gotten to, over that and show over until, yeah. this is a different type of DNA or a different type of human. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, we used to have giant apes around there. What happens if you find one of their skeletons? Kind of similar, yeah. but way bigger, you know. Yeah. And big heads, not not necessarily human. Yeah. the brain capacity we have. But until you tell just recently when we were better at understanding the differences... Yeah. That might have been considered a giant. I like hearing all sides of everything because I, I do, and you know this, I have a very narrow mind of exactly how things work for me. Because that's just, you know, I, I was obviously raised Christian and I was raised like, but I wasn't raised with all the fun stuff about it, like all the weird aspects to everything. So that's what actually brought me back was being like, okay, yeah, hallelujah, amen. But also check this shit out, you know? I would right. also say the reason you weren't exposed to the weird stuff uh-huh. is because it was debunked long ago but by church the, fathers. Yeah, but yeah, see, that's that's the thing. It was debunked by the church fathers because it's too weird for the normal churchgoers to, to grab, grab a hold of. Well, some of it they didn't even use as it being the devil, which would have been the go-to yeah. if you would have used some of this stuff. That's yeah. the devil. 
So they would have kept it, but scholars have not found enough evidence. Yeah. But that's the thing is like the, the whole idea that there is the devil is, is such a bullshit term. And like, and I understand that as a Christian man, I shouldn't swear nearly as much as I do, but yeah, I'm all about it. Uh, but no, like the, the whole fight is between fallen angels and God, not the devil and God. And that's what has been pushed for so long that it's the devil, it's Lucifer, it's Satan. Satan just means enemy. Like it doesn't mean a person. Like Lucifer was a real angel, sure. But, but he's not the devil. Real. Yeah, the real devil. Like the real devils are the giants that we're talking about right now. Like, are they? Are they? Were they just another species on you, Earth? Okay. Like, if you look at one of the expelled books from the Bible, like Enoch, yeah, that's a crazy story, man. And you can pull that PDF up online. That right? one is crazy, but yeah. may not be true. Yeah. Well, none of it may be true. I don't yeah. know. Like, you know, but like for me, I don't know. Like that's I like I said I like to look into the older stuff because I don't want to just know the cookie cutter bullshit that they feed you at like the, at the pews and the churches and all that stuff. I want to know the actual story behind everything. One thing I'd say going back to the double tooth explanation, I still think that somebody found a dinosaur skeleton. Yeah. Because that comes closer. Dude, to- okay, you want to hear the weirdest uh theory that I've heard so far that was a biblical one from actually just straight from this book was uh, and it's something that's always confused me was the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. right? But this this author is talking about, you know, these giants, these giant fallen angels or whatever were like almost, is alchemy when you're mixing two different beings or is it, what is alchemy? Alchemy is more like mixing different it's like compounds to try to make it, like mixing different yeah. things to make gold. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess chimeras, like making chimeras would be the, the term and- Recently, I've seen articles come out saying that, um, like a lot of the dinosaurs that we've seen were actually covered in feathers. Like we, we picture in Jurassic Park, we see these like scaly beasts or whatever. And we think, right. oh, scary big lizards. But like a lot of like, I think velociraptors or something, there's been evidence coming out saying these birds, these were actually like giant weird bird. Lizard yeah. That's hybrids. why I called them chickens earlier. Yeah. They were just like chickens are the next step. Yeah. Of, that's what they evolved to be with yeah. chickens because the world didn't support that form of dinosaur anymore yeah. so they became birds but that's that's what this this author was saying he said like these fallen angels were if you read enoch they teach man how to forge weapons magic and all this crazy stuff like makeup and how to beautify everything and essentially twist the entire vision of god's creation into this weird and they and he was saying you know one of the things that would make sense of dinosaurs is if they were chimeras between big lizards big birds like these fallen angels were making because that's what they they did, quote unquote, was they they mated with women and they created these giant Nephilim offspring. And then after the flood, all this other stuff came out. And then once again, the guys or the people got, you know, lazy. The giants came about again and were doing all this weird shit, you know, making giant grapes the size of, you know, bowling balls and all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm like, that is one of the most fascinating theories I've heard. As it is fascinating, as- but like it's, there's no evidence whatsoever. Well, and but, here's where I like at the time the book of Enoch was supposed to have been written. Yeah. People already had weapons. People were yeah. already doing this stuff. That's not like a, a new thing. Yeah. This stuff has been going on for thousands of years. We a lot of times get either maybe it's just the way we've learned. Yeah. But when you go back to biblical times, 
we forget that there was time before that. A lot of times there were humans before that roaming the earth, having strong societies, powerful in China at that time. There was already advances. There were already more than likely Americans at that time or North Americans. Sure. Um, We just don't, we don't give the ancient people enough credit. And then when it's founded around a religion, whether it's the Christian religion, the Jewish, the Muslim, or Buddhism, or Hindu, that's where those stories come from. And they're all founded around, or they flow from that that religious perspective, but they're all the same stories. Yeah. Which shows a connection and a sharing of the information, but not necessarily at a biblical or angelic level. It just shows that humans communicated and shared stories yeah. that went into different parts of the world, but was the same story. Crazy. Too, that eventually got about, recorded yeah. in the Bible, yeah. like the flood, um, as being a true biblical event when it's actually was a historic event to these people years before that they'd shared the story. Yeah. And I'm not sure when they decided to bring in giants or fallen angels Shoot, into the man. story. Yeah. But well, because that's that's the one thing is if you just read like let's say the the new translations of the Bible today, you're not going to get any of that sub story. It's only when you branch out and see like the other things that things start falling into place in like the New Testament stuff. You're like, wait, this goes to a book that isn't even in the Bible, right? Like, when there's there's reasons for it not being there. It's not part of the belief. Yeah, but it may have been written by s- similar people that later wrote parts of the Bible or who read that and then wrote their interpretation of it. And that became part of the Bible or some other religious text. That's, that's where it's super hard to find the truth is you can't, it's next to impossible. Well, you can't trust their word because you can't trust anything you can't verify when it comes to stuff like that. And you can see through history, through religion, how these, these texts are used in different ways to control Certain populations, yeah. 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 So it's like there's no way to really know unless a giant comes walking up to you and... Fingers crossed, man. You know, maybe someday. And you're under control enough to pull out your phone and 30 other people can do the same. Yeah. But until that happens, it's kind of not... There's no way to prove it. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. A lot of of sightings, no evidence. No real evidence. And all the photos are clearly debunked. Like, well, they're know, just horrible. Yeah. Like what was that one? That main one was like a bathtub with a upside yeah. down ladle or something. Like yeah. That. And you're like, really? So that got me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. You're, that old Bigfoot uh, footage. Yeah. But no, okay. See that one, that, that, what is it? I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, that one, that one has been, uh, studied by actual, I forget who it was, but that, that studied the distance from the camera to the beast like the length of the steps and all that stuff. And like, was, it was like a crazy math equation where like this thing is at least you know, seven and a half feet tall. Like, Which could, could have been, could yeah. have been. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. And well, that's the beautiful thing is that there's so many shows that could be done and it's hard to t- just pick one and be like, this is the next one because my mind has been on this stuff for years now. You know, I'm, I've always been fascinated with weird stuff and you know, have uh, you been have you been watching in search of where which was that on it's a it's a show that i used to watch when i was a kid it sometimes scared me to death 
I know the name with Leonard Nimoy. Then, like, they didn't like remake it or anything, or uh, they probably have. But if you go back to the old episodes, yeah, you'll find some great stories in there. And then there's Evan. There's been because they're thirty years old. Yeah, there's new, but that just the way they did that show is like the classic in the paranormal and supernatural. You know, so it's it's worth it. I mean. Yeah, I might have to look into it. First time I, I ever heard about Killer Bees was on that show. Really? Way before they came, even came close to coming to the United States. Oh. And then there were like ghost stories on there that were freaky. There was aliens. I yeah. mean, there's there's plenty of material. Sorry, I just spit at you. Oh, you're good. It's I not COVID, though. weird barrier here. Yeah, so that's going to be my uh, assignment to you. Watch a few of those shows and see nice. if it spurns you to that next level because there's plenty yeah. of things in there you can oh, you yeah. can trace some of the stuff you know recently to those stories and it'll inspire you to find other stories. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few lined up. Um but like I said, once a month I want to do something where it's just kind of like it it'll start on one topic but you never know what's going to end because it could just spy, spider out and like do this whole especially when I ramble like I do. I do the same thing. Yeah, I well, everything, if everything's connected to me, I'm like, sit down because this is going to take a while. I will walk you through everything. And yeah, that's that's where I kind of get lost. I'm like, damn, where am I at? Who was I trying to convince? Got to get back to the point. But, Keep telling me you're going to convince me. I will. Like, look, depending on how, how long this show goes on. I mean, like I said, I could I could easily kick up another 50 giant uh, episodes alone. And actually, uh, the next one that I might do might be on this encyclopedia of uh, ancient giants in North America because that's one with all newspaper clippings and that'd be very easy to, to research and just go through and be like, this is this date, this is where this was placed because like I said, there's a couple in Alaska, there's all kinds of like, you know, all over the, the states pretty much in North America in general, you're like, damn, we found some weird shit. But it also ties in with that, you know, people could lie in the newspaper easily back then too and just get yeah. away with it. People think fake news yeah. is new. Yeah. It's not. There's nothing new under the sun, man. That's that's the truth. It's out there. But I think for now, I have no idea how long this has been going. So I think we'll call it for part one of part a fifty part series. Time to order food and watch Hamilton. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. You're gonna cry. I might. Um, actually, before I did set up an Instagram account. Whether I, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm going to. Uh, post like pictures and show notes and stuff like that on social media so it's easy to follow and same with the email address and unfortunately the email address is incredibly hard to if you can believe it uh, the freaky deaky at gmail.com was taken uh, freaky deaky pod was taken like all this stuff and I'm like there's no podcast called the freaky deaky man and but I will give out that email address mainly because I want to get like viewer story or listener stories, I should say, uh, listener stories of paranormal experiences that I can read to you and you can debunk them. Yes. Slowly tear them a new one. I won't tear them a new one. I'll just say there's usually rational reasons. Usually being as someone who wasn't there. Yep. That's the best I can do. Yeah. Let me see. All right. Uh, yeah, the, Email address is the freaky deaky pod at gmail.com. I really tried shortening that up. I was like, people aren't going to want to type all this nonsense into their bar. They're going to give up halfway through. They're not going to know how to spell deaky. The, the freaky deaky. The freaky deaky pod at gmail.com. Freaky 
and Diki are spelled similarly. Yeah. At least just, the EA part of it. Yeah. Just K- put the F E-A-K-A-Y. Can't even yeah. say it right, but. You, you know what I'm actually really bummed out about? And I will close on this is uh, the logo and like the cover art I designed for, uh, for the Freaky Diki. When Radio Rental came back out and I saw what theirs was. I instantly was like, holy shit, I totally just ripped off their entire image. <laughs> like, I was like, I knew, I was like, why does this look so familiar to me? Because I love the style. And mm-hmm. then I was listening to Radio Rental and I looked and I'm like, oh. it's the same thing. Big old bold radio and then cursive rental. I'm like, damn it. And as a graphic designer, that is a very common way to lay things out. So it's not like I intentionally jacked it from anyone, but it is out there. Um, yeah. So mom if you're listening submit stories just kidding she did say she saw bigfoot once but that's beside the point she recanted that about a decade later after i told all my friends ah interesting that's what usually happens when they get to them Mm -hmm. the government got to her yeah shocker you want your son to be okay change your story yeah they should have just let him kill me and and then they're then they're like we already know he's going to make a podcast in the future about this yeah so yeah they got the whole thing Looking yeah. glass is, is probably what that was, right? Yep. Yeah. So many topics. Yeah. You got it covered. Absolutely. All right. Uh, until next time. Yeah. I don't know how to end these things, so goodbye. <laughs>